takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. And thank you for being a member of the Locked On Islanders family and for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that does include YouTube, so check us out there. And you could subscribe, and every weekday morning, the uh, video will be in your feed. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We've got some Uh, Key takeaways from the Islanders' 4-3 shootout win over the Flyers. No, it wasn't pretty, but boy, uh, putting together back-to-back wins, getting the four points against Philadelphia, a big deal. And we'll have our key takeaways, the good and the bad, from this game. We've got some uh, listener emails to to address, and we'll talk about that in our second segment. We're going to move the farm report to tomorrow, so make sure you join us for that. We'll have the farm report and talk about all things Bridgeport Islanders. Also have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who was on multiple Stanley Cup winning teams with the Islanders, but did not play for all four Stanley Cup winning teams. Look forward to that, and we'll go back and look at a great playoff game that this player had earlier in his career. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so please uh, join us, and always great to interact with fans. I'll give you instant feedback, instant analysis. Uh, and insight into what you're seeing on the ice, and uh, always great to be in touch with people during the game, and really any time, so please feel free to hit me up on Twitter whenever you get the chance. Islanders, skate away with a 4-3 shootout win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Flyers now 0-6-3 in their last nine, and the Islanders starting to get closer to getting out of the cellar in the Metropolitan Division and starting to put some wins together. But, you know, look, this was not the prettiest of games. And the bad news is that this team is playing some inconsistent hockey, that we still need to see more effort, that they still need to shoot the puck more often. And I know that's not going to change overnight. But, look, you know, to me, the biggest issue was this. The Islanders had, uh, you know, they were down by a goal in the third period. 
badly to tie it, you know, couldn't afford really to, to, to blow this game and not get the two points. And yet, what happens? They go through the first nine, almost ten minutes of the third period without even getting a shot on goal. And yet, the beautiful thing, the Islanders show resilience. They bounce back and manage to tie it on a really nice redirection by Casey Sezikis and then win it in the shootout courtesy of Oliver Wallstrom. But hey, here's my first key takeaway on this one. Congratulations to Robin Sallow. He gets his first career NHL goal. And, you know, in yesterday's game or uh, Monday's game against the Flyers, Sallow was originally credited with a goal. They took it away, uh, ended up saying it was Sezikis' goal. He deflected it in front. And, yeah, that turned out to be accurate. But, you know, for Robin Sallow to get that goal and then have it taken away, had to be a little bit disappointing, but you know what? Uh, no doubts about it today. Happened only two minutes and eight seconds into the game. Nice shot from, uh, you know, got it just inside the blue line, skated to in between the circles and let it fly. Congratulations to Robin Sallow. Great to see him get on the score sheet officially for the first time. And, you know, that goal will get more and more spectacular as the years go by for Robin Sallow, and he describes what happened uh, in his first NHL goal. But great moment for Sallow. Then, look, Simeon Varlamov, mixed bag today. Uh, One of the goals, he mishandled the puck behind the net, and that ended up with Konechny's goal. That ended up making it a 2-2 hockey game. Uh kind of a goal that you really want to have back. You don't want to misplay the puck like that. Uh, Yet, even though he was a little uneven, even though at times early in the game especially, he wasn't playing the A game that we usually see from Simeon Varlamov. He settled down after giving up the goal to Claude Giroux, uh, didn't allow another goal for the last... uh, really 21 minutes of this game, and then in the shootout, when it mattered the most, Simeon Varlamov came up big, eight straight saves by Varley in order to get this win. So Varlamov, some of his saves, very impressive, and, you know, the Islanders easily could have been down three to nothing, or three to one, or four to one, but Varley kept him in the game. It's it's amazing because, you know, he made that one arching save where the puck was right on the goal line and he used his blocker glove to stop it from going over the line that was a spectacular save made some good glove saves some some really good efforts and yet again some other plays that you know Varley would like to have back didn't handle the puck well uh, behind the net at all times and just you know let in a couple that you wouldn't want him to let in but in the end when it mattered most and that was in the shootout eight straight saves for Simeon Varlamov, and that was huge. Scotty Mayfield, again, sort of a mixed bag for Mayfield. Uh, You know, turned the puck over on the first goal uh, that the Islanders gave up, and yet it was Mayfield who made the great play, took a pass from Cal Clutterbuck, 
skated in deep, used his size and his balance to hold off the defender and then put the puck toward the net where Sezikis was able to tip it home. And that really, you know, that tied the game with 428 left in regulation. Big play right there for Scotty Mayfield. For Sezikis, goals in back-to-back games after not scoring at all, all season before that, we, we talked about on yesterday's show how important it would be. You know, you get that goal, you get off the schneid, and all of a sudden, you know, the the weight is lifted off your shoulders and you're feeling better about yourself. You're not pressing so hard and the goals start to come. Well, guess what? That's exactly what has happened. And now back-to-back goals go uh, goals in back-to-back games for Sezikis. And the beautiful thing about it as well, he went to the net to get that goal. So that was uh, very, very encouraging. And the other thing I really wanted to touch on, in overtime, and no, neither team scored in overtime, but boy, were the Islanders smart with their line changes in OT. I mean, they were patient. They held the puck. They waited for their teammates to get on and off the ice. And twice in the final couple of minutes of OT, the Islanders had fresh legs out there on the ice against a group of Flyers players who had already been out there for more than a minute and were tired at the end of the game and at the end of a long overtime shift where it's three on three and you got to cover a lot of ground. Kudos to Barry Trotz and the players for executing those line changes so well and creating those advantages for the Islanders. It didn't end up winning them the game, but it really was a a, a big deal and gave them some chances. And boy, was the overtime exciting. Uh, Both teams had some really good scoring chances. Still some problems with shooting the puck, though. And... You know, Islander fans know this only too well. I'm going to go list, you know, a lot of these top six forwards not getting enough shots. Anders Lee, no shots on goal. Josh Bailey, one shot. Now, he scored on that one shot, but only one shot. Anthony Bavillier, one shot on goal. These guys have got to get more. And Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck had no shots on goal in this game. But the amazing thing is that through 40 minutes of play, no Islanders forward had more than two shots on goal. That was J.G. Pajot, and he was the only one who had more than one shot on goal. They had 16 shots through two periods and then had 16 shots halfway through the third when they finally were able to turn it on. We've got a lot more to discuss on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. A few more takeaways from this game, some uh, listener emails as we enter the mailbag, and a whole lot more. More to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, they could be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. 
you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only four net carbs, but they pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, my favorite, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, a couple of more takeaways from this game. And, you know, we talked about the lack of shots on goal, and that has to be a concern. But here's the, the bottom line. Yeah, the Islanders were playing a Flyers team that is not only not playing well lately. Again, I mentioned the 0-6-3 in their last nine games. They are, you know, one of the teams the Islanders is chasing to try to get out of the basement in the Metropolitan Division. And you could say, yeah, the Islanders didn't play a good game overall against the Flyers. Let the Flyers hang around. We're even trailing late in the third period. But here's the thing. The Islanders showed resilience. They were down, but they didn't quit. They came back and they were able to tie the game and then win it in the shootout. Oliver Wallstrom coming up big for the Islanders. And you know what? Good teams, good hockey teams, find a way to win when they don't have their A game. When they're not playing very sharp, they still find a way to get the two points. The Islanders did that. And yes, they need to play better. They need to get better but they also need those two points. And you string some of those wins together, you get momentum, you get confidence, and the level of play will go up. So overall, uh, while there are a lot of things to discuss about this game that weren't great, and we've touched on many of them already, uh, at least they got the two points. And Oliver Wallstrom, what a great shot he made in the shootout to get the win for the Islanders. All right, we have a mailbag question. This one is from Noah in Jericho. Gil, my name is Noah. I'm a lifetime Islanders fan from Jericho, New York. Your podcast is phenomenal, and I thank you for never missing a beat. Apologies if these questions or topics have been covered, but see below for two questions I'd love for you to discuss. Number one, and here we go. When Ryan Pulak returns, any chance... Robin Sallow remains, and Chara gets benched. Please explain Barry's love for Chara. Is he just is he just too too much money committed now that he can't bench him, or is he delusional about Chara's impact? Barry is the smartest guy, and I understand his love for veterans, but is that enough to start a proven liability that other teams literally target? So, first of all, Noah, thank you for the kind words about the podcast, and I do appreciate that. And your question is a good one. And look, if you look at the first, let's say, 15, 10 to 15 games of this season, yes, Chara is a big-time liability. Uh, He was getting used to the Islanders system, getting used to his teammates, wasn't playing well. Now, 
he's playing better. Is he, you know, the Hall of Fame defenseman that he was five, six years ago? Absolutely not. He still has his moments where he is a liability. But there are some things he brings to the table. There is leadership. There is experience. You saw what he did in the game last night against the Flyers, where one of the Flyers hit Scotty Mayfield hard uh, and high, and it wasn't called. Who's the first guy in there to defend Scotty Mayfield? Zdeno Chara. And especially with Ross Johnston out of the lineup, although his suspension is now finished, you need somebody who's going to go out there and do that. And Chara is still, even at the age of 45, willing to drop the gloves and defend his teammates. He still is smart most of the time, but yes, he has his moments. Now, as far as Salo goes, I think what will happen is that Salo will be on the taxi squad when Pulak returns. What I'd like to see, and again, you know, Barry Trotz, as you mentioned, and we've mentioned on the show many times, he likes his veterans. But what I think would be smart is you have Green, you have Chara, you have Sallow. If you put those three in a rotation where one of them sits every third game, you get experience for Sallow, who seems to be picking up his game in recent, uh, let's say the last uh, five games or so, seems to be getting more comfortable playing at the NHL level. You get him experience and you give the two veterans a little bit of a, of a rest to heal their bodies and, and make sure that they are still sharp and healthy for the playoffs. I think that would be wise, but Salo has a high bar as far as what he has to do to prove he belongs in that lineup. So let's see what Barry Trotz does. Pulak still has to come back first, but I would like to see that. But Salo really has to play well. And here's the other thing. Injuries are, you know, going to happen in this league, and I think Salo will be the first person they plug in because he has earned that right if any defenseman goes down. Now, second question from uh, Noah, will Kyle Palmieri get back in the lineup, and does he deserve to? And if he does, who would get benched? Okay. Will Palmieri get back in the lineup? I think he will. Again, Barry Trotz likes his veterans. But here's the thing. If I am Barry Trotz, I don't put Kyle Palmieri back on the first uh, or second line. I make him a third line kind of a guy. And I would move Wallstrom up to the top six. To me, the guy who's probably going to get benched is Kiefer Bellows. Again, because of the Barry Trotz preference for veterans, Zach Parise not producing a lot, only still the one goal, but they like his intangibles, they like him on the power play, and they like his leadership. Kiefer Bellows, to me, is possibly the one who gets benched, but to me, it would be important for the Islanders to keep Bellows and help him continue to develop. I think Palmieri will come back, but notice I don't think they're rushing him back right now. And part of the reason is because he hasn't played well. And, you know, if Bellows continues to play very well, uh, again, maybe Palmieri sits another few days, maybe another few games 
we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. But to me, uh, Bellows is probably the first guy to sit if and when uh, Kyle Palmieri is ready to come back. So, uh, Noah, thank you so much for your questions. Greatly appreciated, and thank you so much for listening. When we come back, we will have our Islanders birthday of the day, a player who won multiple Stanley Cups with the Islanders, but did not, uh, wasn't on the roster for all four of them. See if you can guess who that is. We'll have that and more right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked on to get started. That's locked on one word. And yes, betonline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today, January 19th, is the 63rd birthday of former Islanders center Billy Carroll. The Islanders drafted him in the second round of the 1979 draft, so a good Bill Torrey pick, native of Toronto, Ontario. He was a goal scorer in juniors, had 37 goals and 35 goals with the London Knights in his last two years there. Put up 27 goals uh, in only 59 games in 1980-81 for the Indianapolis Checkers, who were the Islanders' top farm team back then. Got the call late in the 80-81 season, which was the Islanders' second run to the Stanley Cup, and Played in 18 regular season games with four goals and eight points, and then 18 playoff games, three goals and 12 points in those 18 games. But Billy Carroll was predominantly uh, in the NHL uh, a checker, a penalty killer, and a defensive forward. His most productive season, nine goals, that came uh, with the Islanders in 1981-82, where he had nine goals and 29 points, uh, but that doesn't mean he didn't have value to the team and, you know, played on all uh, all of the three final Islanders Stanley Cup winning teams, was with the Islanders again in 83-84 when they went all the way to the final, and then in 84-85 was a member of the Edmonton Oilers when they won the Stanley Cup, finished out his career with a couple of seasons with the Detroit Red Wings. For Billy Carroll, 322 career NHL games, 30 goals, 84 points, and 113 penalty minutes. But here's the thing, 71 playoff games, 6 goals and 18 points in those. So Carroll did, uh, you know, do a lot of winning, even if he was a role player. He was an important role player on some pretty good teams. We're going to go back and look at one of Billy Carroll's better games with the Islanders. We take you back to May 12, 1981. 
Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Islanders and the Minnesota North Stars at the Nassau Coliseum. Jill Malosh, the goaltender for Minnesota. Billy Smith in between the pipes for the Islanders. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Anders Kaller, his third from Dave Langevin and Butch Goring at 254. Islanders up early by a score of one to nothing. Then the Islanders penalty killers get going. With Bob Bourne in the box for spearing a five-minute major, the Islanders get two shorthanded goals, one by Brian Trottier, his 10th, the assist to Billy Carroll at 14.38, and then Anders Kaller, his fourth from Brian Trottier at 15.25. Three-nothing Islanders after one period, two shorthanded goals on a five-minute major penalty Pretty impressive penalty killing there for the Islanders, and that was Billy Carroll at his finest. Carroll scores a goal midway through the second period, his third of the playoffs from Dwayne Sutter and Bob Nystrom at 9.58 to make it 4-0 Islanders. Kent Eric Anderson got his second of the playoffs, getting Minnesota on the board. The only assist to Dino Cicerelli at 13.04. After 40 minutes, it's the Islanders 4 and the North Stars 1. Opening minute of the third period, the Islanders answer. Wayne Merrick, unassisted, his fourth of the playoffs at 58 seconds. That makes the score 5-1. to one. Then the North Stars power play gets going with Gordy Lane in the box for cross-checking. Steve Payne, his 13th from Craig Hartsburg and Bobby Smith. That made it 5-2. to two. But then Wayne Merrick, his fifth from Dave Longevin and John Tonelli, gives the Islanders a 6-2 to two edge. Dino Cicerelli closes out the scoring, his 12th from Tom McCarthy at 15-14. Islanders win this one by a score of 6-3 to take a 1-0 lead in the Stanley Cup Final Series. And for Billy Carroll, our Islanders' birthday of the day, one goal, one assist, a plus two, and he scored the game-winning goal, and it was on his only shot on goal of the game. Billy Smith, 23 saves to earn the win and the Islanders would eventually close out this series in five games to win their second Stanley Cup. So happy uh, 60, uh, happy 63rd birthday to Billy Carroll. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All right, the Islanders now have a couple of days off, and hopefully they will be able to put those to good use this team really does need to keep the momentum going. And that is the important thing for the Islanders right now. They are starting to put wins together. And really, the amazing thing about it is that since the COVID situation uh, really broke and the Islanders are no longer worried about, you know, having so many players out of the lineup where they had, you know, six, seven, eight players in COVID protocols. That's no longer an issue, and they've played pretty good hockey since then. Islanders now at NHL 500, 13, 13, and 6, 32 points. They are one point behind the Devils with five games in hand, and two points behind the Flyers with seven games in hand. And the key for the Islanders now is to start putting these wins together. Their next game 
will be coming up Friday, 7.30, back at the UBS Arena when they host another struggling team, the Arizona Coyotes. Make sure you join us tomorrow for our farm report and for more on all things New York Islanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.